Welcome to That Vacation Co. Podcast, and today's another edition of That Disney Hustle, uh, where we always take a look at either Walt Disney World or Disneyland, or maybe even one of the other Disney uh, entertainment options, whether it be something like Adventures by Disney or Disney Cruise Line, or maybe one day Disneyland Paris. You never know. Uh, But uh, these are the episodes where we discuss all things related to Disney. And as you know by now, we love Disney, we love Disney parks and entertainment, and so we're devoting our time today to this. And as well, you'll also notice that we did not drop an episode last week. Uh, You just kind of get to a point in life where you just need a day off, and so that's what happened last week. Uh, And it was kind of a spur-of-the-moment thing, so much so that uh, we just didn't even bother posting that we were taking a break. We hope you forgive us. And if you're listening to this episode, we figure you probably have forgiven us. So uh, thank you for being with us. It does mean a lot to us that you've chosen to listen to this podcast. And hopefully it's of some benefit to you in your planning for a wonderful vacation. Or maybe you're just like us and you love listening to things about Disney World, Disneyland. And so here you are listening to this podcast. Chanel is joining me as always. And uh, we are picking up again with our trek around the most magical place on earth, Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom in Orlando, Florida. We are on Tomorrowland today, which will post tomorrow. But that's also today for you. Confusing? Well, so is Tomorrowland, because it's a vision of the future. But it's a vision of Walt Disney's imagination of the future. Because time has come, time has gone. And many of his predictions have not come to fruition. Ah, but such is the the ways of man. But this is not a philosophy podcast. That's for another day. Uh, We are going to seriously talk about Tomorrowland, one of the five lands of Walt Disney World Resort. I believe it's five, isn't it? Let's see. Let's count this off. We've got Adventureland, Frontierland, Liberty Square, Fantasyland, and Tomorrowland. Yeah. Although, I mean, I think you could make an argument that Main Street USA is that sixth land. Sixth land. Uh, but, in, you know, I digress. I digress. So Tomorrowland, as I said, is Walt Disney's vision of the future. Uh, and, you know, time has moved on since even then. So it's not fully embracing uh, his imagination of the future. Um, it's really kind of a an art deco retro futuristic tomorrow kind of the the hashtag not hashtag but the quote is the tomorrow that never was i guess that could be a hashtag hashtag tomorrow that never was um but tomorrowland is one of my favorite areas uh because i am very much a sci-fi nerd very much into this kind of cool stuff but um before we start kind of taking our trek around i do want to kind of just uh you know, discuss our overall feel of Tomorrowland, and then we'll jump in to the individual attractions and dining experiences. So, Chanel, I'm going to ask you, um, just briefly, give us kind of your take on Tomorrowland, um, where it kind of lands in your list of things, like it, love it, hate it, leave it, whatever you want to do. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Um, But Overall, not spot, not speaking of any individual attraction yet, but just overall, what are your impressions of Tomorrowland? And um, you know what? Maybe what if you could do something different with it? What would you do? 
Okay, so um, I'll, I'll be gentle with this because I'm sure a lot of people love this area. But this is my least favorite of the lands within Magic Kingdom. Um, so for me, I'll just say right up front, it's a thumbs down. Um, just the overall theming is not my taste, really. Um, I can enjoy the retro vibe of it because, like Caleb said, it was Walt Disney's idea of the future. Now we look at it, and it's cute, and um, it's really no longer futuristic. It's kind of a retro take on the future. So I I guess I can kind of appreciate that a little bit. Um, But just overall, the theming is just not my taste or style. I like – I love the – overgrown lushness of jungle land i love the no such thing as jungle not jungle land i'm sorry (laughs) gosh adventure land i love the uh, you know just the theming of frontier land it really to me captures imagination and captures a childhood imagery of what the west was like and things like that but tomorrowland just doesn't really do much for me um as we get further into it i do have a very beloved attraction there but it's not enough to to really make the whole land worthwhile for me. So I, for me, I spend the least amount of time in this particular land um, or, or, or care to spend the least amount of time here. As far as what I would do with it, that's a good question. I'd have to thought about that a little bit more. I don't really know, but not what's currently there. Well, you go thought about that a little bit more. <laughs> uh, she wants to hit me. <clears throat> she can. I'll let her hit me. I deserve it. Um, so, yeah. So, I said Tomorrowland was one of my favorite areas. Um, but that's not to say that it's not, you know, without, to me, um, some much-needed TLC. Uh, but I do like the kind of faux future uh, that is represented in Tomorrowland. I just wish that it was a little bit more tied together, a little bit more cohesive. Um, so what I would do if I was to do something differently is I would full heartedly embrace the idea of kind of that Jetsons looking future. Now I know Jetsons is not a, um, Disney IP or anything like that. So I'm not saying make it exactly that, but, um, like for instance, I'm looking at the, uh, Tomorrowland entrance area, the marquee that's kind of over it, you know, each land has like a, um, marquee or whatever you want to call it as you a gate as you enter into its land and the Tomorrowland one is very very art deco it kind of reminds me of like the Seattle Space Needle it kind of reminds me of like um, the Olympic Stadium in Montreal I wish they would just embrace that that would actually be more mid-century instead of art deco yes okay well Wikipedia you lie to me Um, and, and maybe that's the problem maybe the problem is you know, there's elements of all these different things and it's not cohesive enough. So people like me who don't know these things look at it and go, yeah, of course that's Art Deco. Um, but anyways, all that to say, I'm not an expert. I just play one on the internet. Um, but I, I wish that they would embrace kind of that um, imaginative view of the future. Um, I do really like what I've seen. Now, I haven't been there, but Disneyland Paris really has um, kind of a view of like a an Orwellian future or, um, you know, kind of this, this vision of the future that's kind of steampunk type thing. I'm not a massive fan of steampunk, but I just like how it's a future that we know really never happened. And I wish that that's kind of what they would go for in Tomorrowland. I 
am typically a big fan of the attractions in Tomorrowland that are less Disney IP related. So I'm a Carousel of Progress fan. Um, even though I'm not a big fan of thrill rides, um, I do like that Space Mountain is not a Disney IP themed ride. Um, I, I love that the Astro Orbiter, even though I think that type of ride is overdone in Walt Disney World, that kind of um, circular ride, Dumbo Elephant type ride, uh, is overdone. I do like that they have a futuristic looking thing. I would ditch the uh, go-karts. You know, I just, it's so dated at this point. I don't see how it can even fit as a, as a, uh, tomorrow-ish type thing because the type of vehicles that are in the Tomorrowland Speedway are so outdated. It's just not even funny. So I would get rid of that and just do something brand new there. I just would ditch the whole thing altogether. Um, I am excited. This isn't an attraction that's there yet. So we'll talk about it right now. I am excited to see the Tron light cycle. Although, again, I would have been fine if they had just called it Light Cycle and uh, kind of skipped the idea of the Disney IP. But I understand why they do all that. I do understand that. So why don't we begin, since we've already started talking about some attractions and what we do differently, why don't we just begin giving thumbs up, thumbs down on the attractions? As you know, we've uh, been doing all of these as you look at a map from left to right. Um, so that's where we're beginning again today. So we'll begin as I just started talking about it, the Tomorrowland Speedway. So for me, Tomorrowland Speedway is a massive, um, I, you know, I'm going to go far as, as far as this and say it, two thumbs down. I um, am not going to give it a rating per se because I haven't done it. So um, it doesn't look incredibly exciting to me because go-karts aren't incredibly in- exciting to me. Um, so it's just one of those things that I've never done. And uh, would I do it? Sure. If I had the time, like, you know, ample time to spend, got all the things that I wanted to do done, like if I had multiple days in Magic Kingdom, sure, I might give it a a shot. But it's just definitely not on my priority list. So I really can't um, rate it because, yeah, so that's that. Well, okay, then. Um, I've never ridden it, and I still gave it two thumbs down because I just (laughs) despise it. Um, (laughs) Uh, next on our list is Space Mountain. So this is an iconic attraction, um, maybe perhaps one of the most iconic attractions of uh, Orlando's Walt Disney World. Um, this was this was the original. Eventually it came over to Disneyland, all that good stuff. Um, you can find out more about that when you watch the Disney Plus series on Behind the Attractions, which I hear is getting five more episodes. Sweet. Um, but yeah, I, I'll give Space Mountain a thumbs up. Um, it's not my favorite attraction. As you guys know, I'm not a massive thrill ride person, not a massive heights person. Um, but I, you know, as far as roller coasters, I'm very glad that I've done this roller coaster. We don't do it every time and I'm okay with that. You know, it's just how I am. You guys are different. I understand that. But, uh, this one, I'll give it a thumbs up. Give it a thumbs up. Yeah, I'll give it. I'll give it one thumb. Sure, why not? Um, it's a beloved classic, and um, like Caleb said, we don't write it often. I think maybe we've only rid it, ridden it once in each park. So once over in Disneyland and once in Disney World. They are a little different. There are some differences. Um, 
This ride was painful for me. I remember getting jostled quite a bit, maybe had a bruise or two after, but it was fun. Um, it's the, the dark for me that gets me. Like I can go on a lot of thrill rides, but rides that are in the dark really are an extra element of terror for me, but it was fun. So would I do it again? Sure. Again, it's not on the top of my priority list, but I would do it. Um, I love the clever, I love that it is a mountain. I think it's very, I love the structure of it, just the the design of it. I think it looks really cool, um, even though Tomorrowland's not my favorite land. I think this is a cool, a very cool looking attraction. I think they did a fabulous job with the design of it. And I think it's just an iconic lands, piece of the landscape for um for this uh for magic kingdom um so there you go there you have it very good so uh as we continue to make our way around here uh we come up to the people mover the tomorrowland transit authority authority people mover presented by alamo that is a long title so it just gets affectionately called people mover ride this mass transit system of the future and of course you know, here we are, you know, in the year 2021, and we're still not transiting quite this way. Um, but it, I, I actually like this attraction. Very slow moving. Um, it It's a nice, relaxing attraction. Doesn't it, It's made a resurgence in its popularity, I think, because of all the Disney bloggers and Disney YouTubers and Disney um, social peoples with their Instagrammable accounts and whatnot. And so everybody has to like the same thing. Um, but I was there first. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but yeah, the people mover is a fun, fun attraction. Uh, love getting to go through the various, you know, areas that this ride travels through the various attractions that it travels through. Um, so I definitely suggest giving it a, a whirl. So I'll give this one a thumbs up. Um, I'm a little slow to give it a thumbs up just because it's been so long since I've ridden it. Uh, I have a hard time remembering it. I don't feel like I was impressed by it at the time, but I'm very curious to give it another go this next Disney trip that's coming up for us just because it's been so long. I feel like I need to reevaluate it. Maybe I misjudged it. Um, I feel like I need to give it another go. So for now, I'm going to give it a shaky hand. Just I'm I'm basing it off of memory and it's been a while. So Take that for what it's worth. Uh, maybe we'll have an updated rating for it when we return from our voyage coming up here in a few weeks. So, very good. Do you want to you want to talk about the next one? I do want to talk about this one. I have strong feelings about this one. Our next one on the list is Carousel of Progress, which is my favorite attraction for sure in Tomorrowland. To me, it beats all the other attractions hands down it's a double thumbs up for me it's one of my favorite it's one of my favorite attractions um i just love it it um was created by walt himself for one of the world's fairs back in the early 60s uh, for the 64-65 New York World's Fair. So it does have those mid- mid-century vibes to it because it was created mid-century. And um, it's just a fun, really cool uh, look at uh, sort of technology and progress, uh, hence the name, Carousel of Progress. 
throughout the last hundred years or so, hundred years, give or you know, give a give a few probably. But it's just so much fun, and the song is so catchy. And this is a great ride to go and sit for roughly twenty minutes, rest your feet, get some AC. Um, it's typically not a very incredibly popular ride. Like I've never had to wait long for this. Um, hopefully, hopefully that doesn't change. Um, I think people really enjoy it or they really just don't enjoy it for, for me. It's, I really love it. Um, I think Olive's not too sure about it. We took her on it last time and she was just like, "Eh, I don't know. Um, but I love it. I, I would love to see an update on the last scene of the show or really what I would really love is to see a scene added to the show, which I don't know how that would probably be a massive undertaking. They'd have to completely redo some things. But um, I think it would be cool to like actually leave the current final scene. I won't say much because if you've never written it, I don't want to give things away. Um, but the current scene that's supposed to be set to more modern times is now probably 25, 30 years old itself. So it's kind of a part of history. So I would almost love to see an additional scene added in. I think that would be cool somehow. But um, this is, a, like I said, big double thumbs up for me. I love the animatronics. I love the song. I love all the details of the show. I love as we get to go through history and... Um, see Walt's creation um, that highlights progress, um, the progress of technology, etc. So, Caleb, what are your feelings on this one? Uh, Yeah, so two big thumbs up from me. I love this attraction. Um, It's always been enjoyable, you know, since we started going to uh, the parks and, and together as a couple in 2008, we have definitely loved this attraction. Um, it's one of those you can't help but feel the nostalgia. Um, it, you know, harkens back to the 1964 World's Fair. Um, for a time, this attraction was located in Disneyland, and then it was moved to the Magic Kingdom in Orlando. Um, you know, so it's really a an attraction that has stood the test of time. Um, obviously, it's been updated over the years, but it it is one of those that has stood the test of time. It's much like Tiki Room or you know even the Jungle Cruise. It's like you know, just kind of quintessential Walt Disney World. And so I I hope that this attraction never closes. I'm okay if there's updates because, you know, like Chanel mentioned about the final scene, it does need uh, maybe some updating. Uh, I think an excellent idea uh, would be to change the final scene, not necessarily add a new scene, but change the final scene to really be a reflection of um, the kind of, um, fake future, the kind of like what we hope. Uh, because I think at the end of the day, what what this vision of tomorrow was supposed to represent was kind of the hope for the future, um, to wax poetically about this. Um, Walt had a grand vision of a utopian future. And while that hasn't necessarily been realized, um, to have that as kind of a remembrance of Walt and to consider the future that may never come um, or will look entirely different than what was anticipated is a lot easier uh, to put and, you know, to, to inspire people. But it's also a lot easier on the Disney financials because um, you, you try to do something and predict, 
pr- project what the future will look like. And within 10 years, and not even, maybe nowadays within a week, it's outdated. You know, you could put a bunch of futuristic looking holographic technology and all that jazz and within a week it's outdated and and useless because that's how fast technology advances so if this was you know maybe the the father figure in the the show maybe like i don't know he has a monologue at the very end where he just kind of talks about the hope of the future and and all that's come before uh what what has brought him and his family through um, and and the vision of the future, maybe that would be excellent and keep with the theme of what the the future that could be, and I think that would represent Walt's vision very well. Uh, but I'm not an Imagineer. They don't typically ask me for my opinion on these things. Uh, but Disney, if you're listening, that's my uh, two cents on it because um, the 20th century has come and gone. And the technology represented in the Carousel of Progress has come and gone. So time to time to update that thing and let's play it safe and let's look at something like a hopeful future. Moving on, right along is Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin. This is a fun attraction. Uh, you fire lasers to defeat the evil Emperor Zerg. A shooting gallery type inspired adventure game there. Uh, it's a fun game. Um, you know, I suppose with... Um, Buzz Lightyear, this is perhaps, if you're going to put him in any of the lands at Magic Kingdom, this is the obvious fit. Um, You guys know me, in my opinion. I'm not a massive fan of the IPs everywhere, but I get it. And uh, so, you know, I'll give this one a thumbs up because I enjoy. Uh, Though, uh, I'm not sure what Schnell feels about this one. I think this is the attraction that I typically beat you on, whereas you beat me on Midway Mania, so... That's true. I do prefer Midway Mania, but this is a fun ride. Um, I love I love the interactive rides like this, like this one, Midway Mania, where you're you're playing as well as riding. So that's fun um, for me. Let's see. I'm gonna give this one. I think I'm gonna just give it a shaky hand, though. Like I maybe could go thumbs up. It's kind of between that between a shaky hand and a thumbs up. Um, <laughs> Caleb says I'm a sore loser. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's, again, not on my priority list, but if we happen to be near it and the wait is short and we got time to kill, why not? Um, but that's how, that's how I feel about that one. <laughs> Sorry. I guess, I guess at least we're having fun, right? Um, all right, so let's talk dining. So I'm going to be honest with you straight up at the beginning here. Um, not much for the Tomorrowland dining um, there's some cool stuff, but overall, I think the food options in Tomorrowland are pretty bland. And this is about the blandest to me in the whole of Magic Kingdom. I feel like there's so much potential to do something different, and they just don't. So, overall, food in Tomorrowland gets a thumbs down, but let's break it down individually. Now, we have to be honest, um, can't really rate all of these because we haven't eaten at some of them here so we'll just go through them and tell you what we think so cosmic rays starlight cafe um so i will say uh at least at cosmic rays you get the um i guess he's somewhat famous the you know the sunny eclipse dj or whatever you want to call him jazz musician as he plays tunes while you eat sometimes 
he's not always playing. Sometimes he's not there. I guess they put the curtain down and you just have to deal with him not being present. Uh, but the food here is, I don't know what you want to call it, just typical um, amusement park type food, theme park type food. You got hot dogs, you got burgers, you got chicken fingers. And, you know, for a couple options, they do throw some salads in. Uh, you can also find mac and cheese for the kids, uh, the peanut butter and jelly Uncrustables, um, and the Impossible Burger. So, you know, there are options um, as well, gluten-free, fish-friendly, uh, fish-friendly, fish and shellfish allergy-friendly. I don't know why they'd be serving fish to fish. I don't know. Uh, but, they, you know, they do the typical stuff there, and it, it's, it's I guess, all right, but I'll give it a shaky hand because we've never actually eaten there. Um, I don't know if there's anything you want to add, really. Yeah, just nothing about it looks exciting or appealing, really. Really, that's about it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's somewhat unique to some of the other restaurants because it's separated into these different bays. Uh, bay 1, Bay 2, Bay 3, that type of thing. Um, so it's kind of like a food court in that sense. And at least it's indoors. Uh, you know, so you got that going for you. The food's inside. That's a good thing, right? Next on our list... Auntie Gravity's Galactic Gookies. Goodies. So we have eaten here, um, me and Olive, that is. We picked up a delicious swirl soft serve cone. Um, And I believe it had some kind of cool little candy topper or something like that. Uh, But this is an ice ice cream stop. And you can get floats. You can get brownie sundaes. You know, all the good stuff. Smoothies. You can get shakes. Um, So in, you know. In the heat and all that stuff, Auntie Gravity's is a good stop, but, you know, it's it's just ice cream and goodies. Also in Tomorrowland, there's a Joffrey's location. Um, unfortunately, this Joffrey's, to me, seems like it always has a pretty long line. Chanel and I are split on Joffrey's. I actually do like Joffrey's. Chanel's not a fan, um, but, you know, uh, it is what it is. Um there's also the Cool Ship, which is an outdoor kind of permanent uh, food kiosk. They've got churros there currently, uh, but you can also get various Coke beverages there. So we're, we're moving right along. I apologize for that, but we just got to keep this thing moving. The Lunching Pad. I will give them credit where credit is due because this is a clever name. Um, but this is an outdoor uh, eats area, and it's mostly mostly snacks but uh they do have a couple good options there uh they do have a pulled pork sandwich they have an all beef footlong hot dog and they've got pretzels um as well as lots of drinks and even as well even though joffrey's is right around the corner you can also get some joffrey's coffee at this location Um, but it is an outdoor spot and it for whatever reason it almost always is packed when we walk by it um the only time I've not seen it packed is when it was not open. Go figure. Uh, but it's an outdoor spot. I'm just not a big fan of eating outdoors, if you know me at all. Um, and now you do. Now we're friends. Thank you. Um, and then finally, Tomorrowland Terrace Restaurant. Um, so currently, I would say that the menu for the Tomorrowland Terrace is actually pretty good. Um, because uh, according to the interwebs, it's still currently... Uh, serving up the same food that they have at Columbia Harbor House. So, you know, I'll give it that. You know, they've got some good food right now. It doesn't fit the theming at all. Um, 
So I do imagine at some point in time they're going to ditch the the menu here and maybe hopefully revamp the Tomorrowland Terrace menu. Um, I, I just would love to see them do something different here. Um, but overall, um, again, I can't really say too much. I mean, I've eaten the food because I've eaten at Columbia Harbor House, but um, I've never eaten at Tomorrowland Terrace. It's often used when they do those firework and dessert specials. Currently, there's none being offered right now, but when they do those kind of dessert and dining type things, des- dessert and fireworks presentations, this is the the location where you can do that. And I've seen some of the pictures of the desserts that they do for that, and they look really good. Really cool stuff that they do for that, but we've never eaten there. So, um, yeah, that does it for Tomorrowland Dining. Um, I'm sorry that we don't know more uh, about it all to be able to give you guys definitive um, things on it, but you know, that's what we know, you know. Yeah. I think kind of like Kayla said, the only, the few little things we've gotten from here are kind of like out of necessity um, because it's just, a lot of it's just unimaginative, doesn't appeal. Um, like Caleb said, we got an ice cream cone for Olive, probably because Olive needed an ice cream cone and it was the closest thing. So, um, you know, I really would love to see more imagination, more like just a little bit more effort put into the menus here. Um, it just kind of seems a sad spot for Disney food, which is a shame because Disney food can really be a big deal and, and a great thing. Um, to me, it seems like the section of the park for people with no taste buds go here. Um, maybe that's being a little harsh, but, uh, you know, there's some people, they're just looking for chicken nuggets that they don't care. They don't want anything nice. They just want chicken nuggets and plain food. Um, and, um, I guess, you know, it takes all kinds to make the world go around. So I'll be a little bit more gracious than that. (laughs) That was a bit harsh. You don't like the food. I like, you're not a human. Um, basically, you know, I, I'm glad that they do offer options for people who um, maybe don't want to venture out and try all sorts of different unique things and, you know, are fine just having a burger or want nuggets. Um, But also to understand that as a parent, you know, it may just simply be that you know that your kid is going to fight you tooth and nail if you go to somewhere (laughs) like even like a Pecos Bill, which is not all that imaginative, but they're not going to eat Tex-Mex. So, you know, you settle for something like this because you know your child is going to fight you and you just don't have it in you to fight them anymore. Um, I can understand that as a parent. So, you know, this is a good option if you do have picky eaters in your family um, or you're a picky eater yourself. This is a good option. And it does seem to serve that purpose because these restaurants are always busy. So this just tends to be, I think, where people around lunchtime or dinner time, this is where they're at in the parks. And so it's easy excuse me, it's easy, it's convenient, and you know it's not gonna be all that crazy of a food experience. Uh so, you know, we're not trying to uh disparage anybody's eating habits. Go for it. Eat away at Tomorrowland Terrace and all these wonderful places. Make yourself more the merrier. Uh, but yeah, so uh, there's also obviously a couple gift shops in this area. I love the gift shops in this area because, again, I love the Tomorrowland type theming. Uh, so even though I don't typically buy a lot of souvenirs on my Disney trips, I do love the souvenir stops here. And uh, I'll always spend an absorbent amount of time at Star Traders and Tomorrowland Light and Power Company and all that good stuff. So um, check it out. 
do all that good stuff. Um, one last thing as we wrap up this episode, um, not related to Tomorrowland, um, because that, that does it for Tomorrowland for us. And uh, in the next episode we do of That Disney Hustle, we're going to take a look at Main Street USA. But I just wanted to mention for our Disney aficionados, obviously in the last week, uh, some big news has dropped about uh, Disney Genie, Disney Genie Plus, Lightning Lanes, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, as a Disney travel planner, I'm still doing my research and how that can be a benefit to you on your next Disney trip. Um, but, you know, the interwebs, and maybe maybe you feel this way as well, and that's totally fine. You're welcome to your, your prerogative and your opinion on this. Um, but it, it's been getting a lot of flack uh, you know, here's another money grab by the big evil corporation of Disney. Um, I don't know. I, maybe I am alone in my opinion. So I will preface it saying this could totally be me. You're welcome to disagree. Uh, just be gentle and kind. Uh, but I actually feel like, um, even though I'm not necessarily the type that wants to pay for all sorts of extras, um, I feel like Disney Fast Pass was a negative, a negative experience. So I'm actually okay with seeing a paid version of it come out. Those who want it can pay for it, and those who don't, don't have to. I don't think that this will negatively affect the parks all that much. I think like most Disney changes, we will come to embrace it. We will come to understand it and use it, and it'll be fine. Um, I do recognize that Disney World, Disneyland are very different um, within the last five years than what they were prior to that. And part of us, the nostalgic part of us, always is sad by changes at the parks and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it's understandable as the world continues to change and as um, you know, the business side of this continues to change, um, that things like this are going to happen. Things like this are going to change. I do think that one thing that needs to be said in all of this, all the Disney YouTube accounts, all the articles that I've read, have been written or spoken by people who are annual pass holders. And for those of us who are not Disney annual pass holders, who may make a trip as frequent as once a year and as infrequent as maybe once every decade or maybe once in our lifetime, um, FastPass was not always a great system for people like us. It was difficult to obtain the right fast passes. It was difficult to, to maneuver all those things all those moving parts. And I understand that maybe Disney Genie more adversely affects people who are annual pass holders. Um, but Disney and all their decisions also affect us who are, are infrequent visitors. And so for once, I think that this actually is one of those systems that has less of a negative impact on people uh, who are only making a trip once in a lifetime or once a year or whatever, maybe twice a year. I don't know. Uh, but for us non-Disney annual pass holders, I feel like this could potentially be a good thing, giving us more of a fair shake at getting on the attractions we want to get on. Because we can't just show up at the parks on a Thursday evening, ride Soren, and go home. When we go, we get one shot at these rides. And, you know... This, I think, will balance things out. I think the new system is pretty ingenious. And, um, you know, I'm willing to spend a few bucks to make it work. You may not share that opinion, and you're welcome to your opinion. And maybe after experiencing it, I will disagree with myself. Um, but I think that there is a potential here that this could be good. I think we just need to give it a little bit of time. Um, but I, I did think it was important to put my voice out there into the discussion, not that I have any of the audience that any of the other massive video bloggers have, um, but 
you know, I'm not an annual pass holder and most of them are. And I think sometimes there's a disconnect in how we experience Disney World. Everybody's experience of Disney World is different. And so um, don't go into this totally closed-minded. Um, I do understand that it does present some challenges, but we'll work them out. Um, and that's one of the great things about utilizing a Disney travel planner uh, such as ourselves. We can help you work through some of the kinks of how do we work this thing. Uh, as of right now, it's not currently active. They're saying sometime in the fall. Uh, so that could be any time from September 22nd till, you know, sometime in December. Um, this thing could roll out. And even then, uh, they've been promising Disney Genie since 2017, I think, or 2018. So here we are. We're finally starting to see it. Um, but that's my thoughts on it. Uh, Chanel, why don't you see us out? And if you had anything to add to that, feel free to add it. As always, you can contact us for a no-obligation quote. We're happy to help you put together your Disney vacation or any other vacation for that matter. Thank you so much for listening today. We are That Vacation Company, serving you the most delightful destinations. 